Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Borg Warner. Feel good about driving. Bridgestone. Your journey. Our passion. Dow Automotive Systems. Improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by the 2013 Hyundai Sonata. Learn more at HyundaiSonata.com. Hello and welcome to AutoLine Daily. Oh boy, we're almost at the end of the week. Hey, tonight we've got a great after hours program in store. More on that later. Now, let's get to the news. GM's former chairman, Ed Whitaker, is writing a book about his time at General Motors and he reveals something of a bombshell. As reported in the Detroit News, Whitaker wanted Mark Royce to take over as CEO of the company. But he also says, and I find this very telling, that Dan Ackerson wanted, and I quote here, to be chairman and CEO from day one, close quote. And of course, Ackerson got the job, presumably, because Mark Royce was too young and did not have enough experience. Whitaker says the transition to Ackerson was, and I quote, not very elegant, but that's how it played out, close quote. Not very elegant? We need to read between the lines here, folks. I get the distinct impression that Whitaker is not a fan of Dan Ackerson or how he got the top job at GM. I think there's a lot more to this story and we'll have more to talk about this tonight on After Hours. Last summer, we reported that BMW and Toyota will collaborate on advanced powertrains and other projects, and now it's official. The two companies just formally signed an agreement to jointly develop a fuel cell system lightweight materials, to research lithium air batteries, and to collaborate on a mid-size sports vehicle. And speaking of advanced powertrains, Peugeot and Bosch just unveiled a new battery-free hybrid system. It uses a conventional engine that's combined with a hydraulic motor that's driven by compressed nitrogen. Peugeot says the first vehicles with this technology will hit the roads in 2016 with a starting price under 20,000 euros, which is just over $26,000. The system is half the weight of a gas electric hybrid and a fraction of the cost. I spent the last two days test driving the new Subaru Forester, and I came away impressed by some of the key changes they made to the new version. Take a look. To me, one of the big stories on the 2014 Subaru Forester is the packaging that they did on the car, starting with how they moved the A-pillar far forward, something like eight inches, which results in a much longer door. And the door opens far wider than before, leaving a big opening for you to be able to get in and out of the vehicle. They also lowered the door sill to make it easier to step out and notice how clean this rocker panel is because the door covers it. So even though this vehicle is very dirty and dusty, notice how the rocker is pretty clean. That way you're not going to get dirt, mud, or snow on your pants leg. Another thing they did was lean the instrument panel back. And just leaning it back makes this vehicle seem all the more bigger. They sort of did much of the same in the rear. The door opens much more than it did before. The sill is lower. Also, the transmission hump, they lowered that almost three inches to give you more interior opening. It's easy to slide in and out of this vehicle. They also raised the bottom of the back seat so that, or the front seat, so that you have more shoe room underneath it. And they scalloped out the seat to give you a whole lot more legroom. Another thing, for the kids that I like, they put a texture on the door sill so that as they step into it, they're not going to slip. 
Put it all together and the vehicle itself is only like an inch and a half longer than the prior model, but inside it just feels so much bigger. We'll have more reports on the new Forester coming up soon, but coming up next, it's time for You Said It. Proven on the track and on roads around the world, Borg Warner turbochargers improve fuel economy and reduce emissions without sacrificing performance. Borg Warner, official turbocharger supplier to the IZOD IndyCar Series. And now it's time for some of your feedback. Last week, we pointed out the nifty aerodynamic approach used on the new Corvette, where they take air in at the tops of the rear fenders and vent it out the rear to trick the airflow into behaving as if the car is longer, thus reducing drag. I pointed out that Ford used that approach with an aerodynamic study that it did with the Probe 4 in 1983. That prompted my journalist colleague and friend Gary Witzenberg to write in and point out that General Motors used that same technique on a prototype called the Precept. It was part of the government-funded PNGV, or Partnership for a New Generation Vehicle, to develop a five-passenger sedan that would deliver 80 miles to the gallon. The Precept was a hybrid diesel that also took air in at the rear fenders and vented it out at the rear. BTW, Witzenberg, also worked on that project as a GM engineer. And Rumblestrip was impressed by the hydraulic hybrid Ford Ranger that we showed you that was developed by a startup company called Energy Dynamics. But he wonders, John, wasn't there a program three to five years ago where a hydraulic hybrid system was being tested on UPS trucks? I thought you'd done a feature on that as well for the Sunday TV show. Rumblestrip, you are correct, sir. When we visited the EPA labs in Ann Arbor, they showed us a hydraulic hybrid that they're testing with UPS. In fact, it uses an HCCI diesel, a homogeneous charge compression ignition engine for maximum fuel economy. Last we knew, the system was still undergoing testing, but thanks for bringing that up. We need to call the EPA and get an update. Ripituck saw my live interview at the Detroit Auto Show with Peter Schreier, the head of design for Hyundai Kia, where I asked him if he was going to redesign the Kia logo. Right now, it looks like a copy of the Ford Oval. I thought maybe he'd change the oval to mimic the graphic Kia uses on the front end grills on its cars. Riptuck says, love how John tries to push his logo idea on Peter Schreier with no result. That's the spirit. You know, just over a year ago, Schreier was the one who told me that it was something that they had discussed doing and that's why I asked if it was still under consideration. Speaking of our live auto show coverage, Jerry Parrish says, it was painful to watch the interview with Pietro Gorlier, president and CEO of Mopar, knowing that Chrysler exits NASCAR after winning all the marbles as the Sprint Cup champion. I suspect that Mopar lost a lot of current and future sales with that decision. Actually, Jerry, that was not a Mopar decision. That was a Dodge decision. When Rolf Gilles was head of Dodge, he decided to axe their NASCAR program because they knew they were going to lose the Penske team and felt it would take years to build the program back up again because they could not attract any of the other top teams to go with them. But I do agree with you, success in NASCAR undoubtedly helps Mopar. And since Dodge won the championship last year, maybe that would have persuaded some top teams to go with them. 
Hey, thanks for all your letters and comments. We really find it valuable going through them. And be sure to join us tonight for AutoLine After Hours. We'll have Mose Nolan, who spent 55 years designing and building some of the most famous racing engines ever to come out of the Ford Motor Company. We'll also be discussing the auto extremist idea for spitting the Corvette off of Chevrolet to become a brand of its own. And Jim Hall of 2953 Analytics will also be joining us tonight. So tune in for the best insider view of what's going on in the automotive industry today. Anyway, that wraps up today's report. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.